Welcome to the Choosing Optimism podcast. If, uh, if you've listened to us before, this is a podcast to show people what's going on in your community, your local communities, if there is good stuff happening all over. We like to start off these podcasts with a quote. And I, started, I found one that uh, I really liked this time. It says, I have never encountered a problem that optimism couldn't solve. And speaking from experience, that's a true, true statement. And our guest today is Jerry Barnett, who is the Optimist International Community Program Chair Director. Hi, Jerry. Hello. How are you, Shane? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Well, we're really excited to have you in your, on our program today because I know that Optimist International has so many different projects and different things that we do, but you're in charge of doing, uh, uh, keeping the programs organized and getting them out there to our membership. Is that correct? It is, yes. Trying to help everybody know what's available and where they can find it and how they can utilize it. So one of the things we start off with when we do and we talk about our guest or optimist, uh, optimist crowd here, what is your optimist story? How did you get involved in your optimist club and what makes you continue and stay to be an optimist? Well, I can tell you that I was 14 years old when I started my optimist story. And it was way back in uh, the suburb of Southern California in Los Angeles, where it wasn't the nicest area and it wasn't the best climate of atmosphere for me. But I grew up in Southern California and I went to a pretty rough school, junior high. And they, uh, they had a lot that they could do and a lot that they couldn't do with their students. So when I was in ninth grade, my civics teacher, who I will never forget, Mr. Wilkinson, invited the boys to become junior optimists because he was an optimist. But he realized, very forward thinking, that girls should be involved. And he invited some young ladies to participate if they met the criteria, which was pretty much that you would... Um, be responsible and that you would follow the rules when asked. And we stood at doors morning, noon, and evening to let people in so that not everybody could get into our buildings. But that was made us feel important, but it also gave us a sense of responsibility. But then he also asked us to go and help. He said, you need to come to some of our service projects. And would you come to a pancake breakfast? And I, I said for myself, yes, I do that. But can you tell me what a pancake is? Because I'm from a different ethnic background. I didn't know what they were doing. So I get to the park and they have this long griddle and people are putting, are pouring batter onto this griddle and then they're taking a spatula and they're flipping it. And they said, I'm looking at it, not knowing exactly what to do with it, but they said, oh, come on, try it. So I did, and I said, you can do it. And you know, just pour the batter, flip the pancake and turn it over and you've got this little cake. I thought, great, I'll do that. Except every time I flipped it, I flipped it onto the grass instead of into the griddle again. So I thought they would laugh, but they didn't. They said, no, you're doing great. Let's try it again and again. And finally I did get the hang of it. And I felt something at that point. It was like, these were adults I didn't even know who were very encouraging, very supportive. And so I, I kind of took that in my head and tucked it away somewhere. And 
I just continued to participate for the rest of that school year and then went on to further my education and went on to move with my husband who was in the military at the time from state to state or location to location. And we ended up in Southeast Iowa where I live now by the Mississippi River. So he's in the Coast Guard. I have to explain that because they think, how do you get to Iowa, which is in the Midwest, and be part of the military and part of water? But so we came here to Fort Madison, and I ended up hearing about a newly formed Optimist Club. And I thought, oh, I know that name. I know that. And so I was one of those who said, how do you become a member? Now, that'll shock a lot of people because that doesn't always happen. But they said, well, come to one of our meetings and we'll talk about things. And so I talked about it with them and I asked about a youth group. Hey, do you have anything for young people? Because I had two adolescent children at that time. And I said, they might be very interested and I'd like to get them interested into it. Well, they didn't have anything, but they said, well, you know, you know about it. Maybe you could help us form one. And that was my optimist moment because of it returning back to my memory and being such a good memory of being able to help when having, be, having had the help when I was younger to being able to help young people. And I think that's what started me and that's what keeps me going because even now my children are um, quite older, but they are still involved. I have a grandchild who's involved and, um, and we still, it's the impact. It's that it's knowing that you can make a difference. And if, if people are there behind you, supporting you, you have that kind of backing. I'm still here 20 some years later. I won't say how long it was, how, how many years it was since I was 14, but I will tell you officially in my club, it's been 20 some years. So you can say optimism touched you pretty early on in your life and it made you come back and now you're very heavily involved and that's pretty exciting. That's, that's, that's what we want in this yes. organization. Yes, absolutely. And it just touches my heart to see everything and every, what everyone can do with what they, whatever they've, they've decided they want to do with their optimism. It's so much has. So I know some of the programs in the past, people are probably more familiar with the junior golf program and the uh, oratorical contest we have, because those are both scholarship ones. We also have some fun stuff and a couple new ones that are, you know, fairly new um, talking about like for different programs. Why don't you tell us a little bit about like the musical happiness competition? Well, yes, that's actually one that's active right now. And it was um, music makes people happy. And when you think about happy, you hopefully think synonymous, synonymously with optimism. And that's where that idea came about last year that um, my group and I had talked about this. My team said, you know, music does make people happy. And music is one of those things that the left brain and the right brain have to work together for it to connect and for things to generate and the creativity is there. And so they said, let's, we have some talented young people all over the country, all over the nation and the world that really we haven't featured, we haven't highlighted that kind of ability. Let's try something. And so that's exactly what we did is we uh, went to thinking about how can we do this? What can we do? And we, we thought, well, let, let's offer a monetary award. It's not a scholarship. It's actually like a, 
a small amount that they can use to further their passion if, with music. There's two categories of it that they can participate in. One is the vocal and one is the instrumental. And what they do is they will create a video that they submit on YouTube and they're able to uh, present their rendition of optimism through music. And one of the things we ask is that it be an original type of composition so that there aren't any copywriting issues, but they submit that. And then the entries are all formulated. This opened up on our Optimist Day last week and will continue on to March 1st when we'll accept the last entry. And dur during that time, they can, they can look on TikTok, Instagram, all of their social media venues to be able to um, get the information They'll also need to fill out an application and submit that to Optimist International as well. But once these are all done and collected, we have a judging panel who will look at those and uh, we'll divide them into the, the categories respectively. And on March 20, which is a Sunday, and also the International Day of Happiness, we will be presenting the winners in a program so that they'll know uh, who gathered what, but also in that part, we will also feature all of the, of the entrants. And usually we had a musical collage and I can say last year was our, our kickoff event. We hadn't done this ever before. We had an Optiform that day. And at, on that Optiform is when we were able to present our winners. And we also had a speaker who, who came in and talked to, to us about his, his um, and he's an optimist and he, talk to us about his musical journey and how that has helped him throughout the years. So that's one of the big things that's happening now. I, again, this year we are featuring it and now we are even using a QR code. So if, if people wanted to look for that and send that QR code to their, uh, the youth within the communities, they can do that. But it, it's directly, it's, it's something the clubs can do and, and, and encourage their, their, young people in their community to do, but it goes directly to an international competition. And it, this is the second year for that one, correct me if this, I'm wrong this, on that? This is the second year, yes. So, so we're, we're still working on maybe how, how we want to do things, but we're, we're getting a little better. It was conceived within a six week period last year. And so we, it was hit while the iron was hot. We just kind of said, you know, this is what we want to do. Let's, and we just ran with it. And we're thinking going, working with the, how young people um, process things as well. That's why we've done another quick turnaround this year. So. And so tying in with the musical happiness competition, why don't you talk a little bit about the international day of happiness and how that all ties into that. Uh, well, that is also, this is also the second year of, uh, of celebration with that. Last year when it was President Mike Weinsoff, that was one of his big um, pushes is that he wanted to, uh, to use the International Day of Happiness to demonstrate where our optimism comes from. And so in that sense, he, he wanted us to use that for celebration. And so we, we did last year a, an Optiform and it was a huge Zoom event really where everybody was there to celebrate all of the different activities. But there are activities that we are asking for um, our clubs to do and our members to do prior, or prior to that or in, 
at the same time that this is happening. Uh, some of them could be like just filling a room with balloons and everybody is trying to find their own, they write their name on it and they throw it into a big room and everyone wants to collect their own balloon. And what you're saying, which you typically will find in five seconds, you're not gonna be able to find your own. But what you can say is that if you are able to hand that to someone else, you're providing someone their, their balloon, their happiness. So we're trying to find ways. It's, it's kind of like a random acts of kindness, different ways that make people happy. There's been walls of um, happiness where you take a, just a post-it note, simple post-it note going up to a wall that's been uh, dedicated to that. And you put what you're happy about. It's a way of doing some gratitude and thankfulness as well. So there's so many different opportunities that can be done um, it's uh, open to the imagination. And we just are asking our clubs and our members to, to celebrate that. So and speak, you know, continuing on this, we have the arts kind of, there's sounds like there's four different portions. Mm -hmm. well, tell me about the visual arts contests that we hold every year. Yeah, and that one is just, all of these are fairly new. That one is maybe, and now it's in its third year. The visual arts contest is a contest for we're trying to bring out the creativity in our youth and everybody has their own avenue towards that creativity where we're talking about the musical happiness through vocal and music and instrumental. Now we're looking at some visual items such as painting and drawing. So there are two categories of participation in this as well. And they, would sub they can go to their club level and submit um, they can have a contest through their club. They that would be they would submit their their media, and that would be judged. And then the club can then forward on to international who they would what artwork they would like to have judged at that international level. That happens from now until May first, and then in May, those artwork are on the website, and the actual judges are optimists. And they're, they're able to be featured and recognized for that. The winners of this contest, again, it's, it's not a scholarship per se, but a monetary award to be um, to give it, given to the student to pursue their passion. You know, with, with our, you have a lot of money that needs to be um, utilized for the, the equipment, the utensils, the paint. And so they're given money to pursue that passion in whatever respect that they would like it. There's a first, second, and third uh, prize for each of the two categories. The first prize, if, if I can, is $250, then it goes to 150, and then it goes to 100. And so this encourages people to be very, our, our kids in our community to be very arty, artsy, I guess is the, artsy, probably the yeah. word. What about the photography contest that we have? Well, that one's more of a, a contest that can be done a lot on the club level. And then uh, it's up to districts. It's up to, to how they would like to pursue that. Um, kids see things differently through the eyes of a camera. And we want them to, to take that and as well as how they interpret optimism, because that's the actual theme for the photography contest it's the optimist creed and so we ask them to take a picture 
of something that relates to the Optimist Creed, one of the tenets of the creed, and then they are able to submit that. So it could be promise yourself and they find a flower or, or whatever object that they'd like to photograph and they mount that and they, they submit that. And they can submit up to three entries of a photo. And the one request right now is that they don't Photoshop it. It's, it's just a straight photograph. I think we may be adjusting that, but at the time, for the time that's, that's where we're at with it. And that is where the, the clubs participate because they're actually the judges. They can, they can be the ones to look at those submissions and then they can, can give the whatever type of prizes they would like to do with that. In some districts, that's part of what they do during a district conference is they show all of their photography um, winners from their clubs. And then maybe they pick out an, another, uh, like a top winner but it can also just be like an exhibit of all the, the, the te techniques and talents that are being used. And so that's kind of all under the art stuff, the artsy craftsy kind of stuff. Yes. Tell us about, uh, you know, we move into like the wellness of stuff. Tell us about Spark Fun in the Park. Well, we, we are looking at wellness. When we look at our community programs and projects, we are looking at four different categories of that, um, things that provide service. And then we are looking at things for fitness. We've talk, talked about the arts and then we talk about wellness. And with wellness, what we're trying to do is we're trying to improve the quality of our life and the lives of the children that we serve. And uh, one of those things is spark fun in the park. I mean, who doesn't like to go out for a picnic during a nice day or have fun um, with others? Uh, we're, we're not talking about anything fancy, we're talking about maybe having a group of people gather and they might do some face painting or maybe they're just playing um, with some yard darts and they can, be have, they can have food over at the one side and other, other times they're just enjoying themselves to be together. It's a way for different age groups to also participate. Uh, a lot of times we have our junior optimists who we ask as with the adult club to help and bring younger people in and they can think of games that they could play outside and you know things like a big parachute or a big, a big ball that they're just passing around. And silly things too, like this will date me, but you know, like the potato sack race or... <laughs> Or, um, you know, things that are very simple that, that don't require a tug of war, don't require a lot, but they work with collaboration and, and they help uh, in, interact with different levels and age groups. And get you out in the park do, doing something fun on a nice day, especially. Yes, yes. And, you know, given the climate right now, sometimes, some of these things are, are good because they, they keep you outside. Um, moving into more, uh, this one probably, this program currently uh, probably combines under uh, two different ones with the fitness and the wellness because you want to stay well while you're staying fit. I know that we've expanded into going into the Optimist International Curling. Yes. And I know that's a big sport, you know, for the Olympics and stuff, but tell us a little bit about how Optimist International is getting this curling stuff to go for our uh, different programs we have going on. Well, yes, we're very excited about this. This was initiated last year. Uh, we have another 
program that we, we call TriStar Sports, which has been around for a long time, in which different sporting uh, activities such as hockey and basketball and baseball and football are, it's a, their skills test. So there's no physical uh, contact with those kind of things. And curling was also included in TriStar Sports where they could utilize and learn skill sets for a different sport. Um, but last year we took that just a little bit further and we took it to the to having curling become an international program, sport program. And why did we do that? It's because curling does um, is an inclusive opportunity that uh, we can bring anyone in. You don't have to have great physical ability. You don't have to, to be of any certain size. You can do this on ice, but you can do this on um, just on a sidewalk or floor. And it just gives you lots of opportunity and it it's another interaction. So it touches a lot of different areas that that coincide with our Optimus Creed, our mission and our vision. And that being said, we're, we're trying to pilot a few programs now to try to get a little bit more participation where we can, it, it's, you know, it's big in, um, places like Canada and in many places in the United States, but we want to take that internationally. It'd be great to see our first car uh, curling team in the Caribbean coming up soon. And I, with the packages that we can provide, they're, they're able to, to learn all of the, the, the needs and the planning through some of the, the packets that we provide through Optimist International. I do know that there's points awarded for the spirit of curling to make sure you have good sportsmanship. So that's mm -hmm. a good thing to include in that. Just there's your fun fact for the day. Thank you. Yeah, I should, didn't know that. So that's great. <laughs> uh, some of our older programs, you know, like such as the Respect for Law and the Youth Appreciation. Why don't you feel, tell us some of the stuff that's going on with those? Because I know I was actually a youth that had received a Youth Appreciation Week for my local Optimist Club when I was probably in about the sixth grade. So that was a time ago. Why don't you tell us about some of those ones that are, you know, more the service projects that uh, we've had around for quite a while. Yes. Yeah. They, they're still around and they, they've lived quite a bit. Actually the, the youth appreciation project has been around since 1956. So it's, it's been here quite a while and what they do with that program can be many different um a variety of different ways that they do that. It's really a way for us to feature the achievements of a, of a youth, you know, and their dedication to their community and for hard work and showing them that they can make a difference. Um, it can be as simple as a, an appreciation dinner. It could be an assembly and Maybe some, some clubs provide like a scholarship for that related to, you know, the service that these young people are doing. Or it can be, at, in, in some groups, it's a recognition within a classroom that this young person has maybe not done so well, maybe the first part of school, but now they've been able to bring up their grades. So there's just so many different aspects of how you can use youth appreciation to impact the self-esteem and the confidence in a young person. And those have been, and obviously, like I said, those have been around for quite a while. What about yeah. the Respect for Law program? That's, uh, you know, that has always been a good program to teach people that, uh, you know, you need to respect police officers and firemen and EMTs and all that stuff. Why don't you talk a little bit about that one? 
Yes, that the respect for law is is also a, a longstanding program, and it's kind of taken and evolved, evolved. And recently, we've kind of included another term with it. So it's respect for law slash promotion of nonviolence. And what we really are trying to do is let our youth understand that we have people in our community who serve us and who want us to to have a comfortable living environment and that uh, they shouldn't be afraid, but that they should understand that, that they are a figure to be respected as well. And so that's, that's the programs that we have. We're taking it a little bit different twist on it. We're trying to provide more ideas for it. It can be some, in some communities, what they do is that they um, will recognize their law officers and their first responders in a banquet type form and they give them a, a certificate or a trophy. But we're also looking at it now, taking our youth into a mock court scene or doing fingerprinting and trying to show them that there's just other venues within the, the systems, the, the legal systems where they can participate and we don't want them to be afraid. And that's a good thing to learn with the kids, you know, just to make sure that they, uh know what's going on in their communities and know what's going on around mm -hmm. the, the world here. Um, speaking of which, you know, I know that February is pretty special to the Optimist International Organization because on February 3rd, correct me if I'm wrong, was Optimist International Day. Yes, it was Optimist Day. Absolutely. It was Optimist Day. So and I know that February is uh, the, the month for Optimist International Volunteer Month type <laughs> things that started off. Why don't you... Uh, Tell our listeners a little bit about that and some of the stuff we have going on for uh, ways for our clubs to get involved. Well, on, on Optimist Day, we really like to feature our ourselves and our our clubs and the community. One of the ways, a lot of ways that people will do that is by their apparel. If you're able to wear Optimist apparel and really promote the Optimist logo, that's one of the ways to do that. How, and then you can also... Um, perform well we a couple of clubs I know had proclamations by their their mayors who recognized the optimist for their service on optimist day but one of the other things that we do we kicked off random acts of kindness this year and that's also like we've talked about with happiness um, part of what the optimists are that they provide kind acts actually all the time but this was just sort of a, an extra feature for them during this month and so the whole month is, is related around that. When um, you talk with junior optimists, that's actually their focus for, for this quarter. So I don't want to take anything away from that. But what we do on Optimist Day then carries on throughout the rest of the year. It's, it's a way to recognize and affiliate yourself with our organization. And we had a hashtag of Optimist Day 2022 so that if you wanted to, to look that up, you could see th that we will have a collage of photographs and of, of showing the activities that were done to celebrate our event. And that moves us into upcoming. So it, it kind of gets us geared up for all of the, the different activities that we've already mentioned, but it takes us to Optimist in Action Month, which is in May. So we kind of move ourselves onto that. And so in doing that, the whole month of May is dedicated to the services that we provide. It, it's dedicated to us 
showing those services and featuring those in our community so that people know what the impact that the optimists are making. That's the nice thing about optimism and there's always something going on to make sure that we always have something going on in our communities that be having one helping our communities enhance two having a lot of fun while we're doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And it helps when the weather gets better because then you can get out and be able to participate more. Well, Jerry, I really appreciate you coming on and giving us a lot of this information. I mean, I, I don't think that some of these different things that we have are utilized enough by the local clubs at a club level. And I think that this is a good way to make sure that the clubs know what's going on in these communities and what Optimus International can do to help them get these programs kicked off or, you know, enhance them better in their, at their local level. Yes. Well, well, thank you. Yes, that's that's what I think uh, there isn't the, the awareness that we'd like to have, because with all of the programs and the projects that we have already created, as I mentioned in a couple of things, if you were to request a packet, what it does is it gives you a framework to cater to your own community, the, the project or the service that that we're, we've talked about. We don't want to be cookie cutters, but you don't have to reinvent the wheel either. All you'll need to really do is customize it to fit your, your youth and your adults that are working together. And these are great ways to bring in members. These are great ways to maybe find a focus of a, of a group that maybe wants to start their own Optimist Club. That's the biggest part of this is that there's so much that can be done with all of what's already there. And we just want to have more awareness of that throughout the whole Optimist community. And people don't realize that Optimus International is a membership driven organization where our, our members dictate what happens in our organization. And these are great ways. These are all stuff that happened on a local club level and then became international programs. So, I mean, people also need to realize that, you know, we're kind of like an inverted triangle where we go from the bottom to the top. We, you know, the leaders listen to the membership. So this is, this is great information, Jerry, and I cannot thank you enough for letting our clubs know what is out there to help make their clubs more successful and more uh, have more projects for youth in the community. Well, thank you so much for allowing me to be here to, to give us a little, just a taste of what's there. I mean, all any one of these different items that we've talked about could probably take up a whole podcast in their own, <laughs> but but just, just to be able to give you that, that idea and always feel free to reach out. Everyone is more than welcome to, to reach out to programs at optimist.org and they would be able to get more information or look on the website and everything that we've talked about is available there as well for information. Well, Jerry, like I said, I just want to say thanks again and it was a pleasure to meet you and I'm glad we got to talk and I'm going to give this stuff to my president so we, she can make sure that we have some stuff going on here at our local level. Yeah, the pleasure is all mine. Thank you so much. And we always we always start with an optimistic quote and I quote and I always like to end with one as well. And people who know me know I'm corny like that, but I like to end with this one. A positive attitude can really make dreams come true because it did for me. And I want people to realize that no matter what you do, you are the one that can make a difference in your community and in yourself. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. If you liked us, make sure to give us a five-star review and reshare our podcast so we can get this out to our other listeners.